0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Kingdom Conversations, where we have prophetic and supernatural encounters with the Word of God. I am Pastor Lindsay Lee of Astounding Love Global Church Fellowship in San Jose, California. We're not in San Jose, California tonight. We're in my home. Welcome back. Uh, we'll explain what's going to go on with that in just a few minutes. We're going to open in prayer. We're going to listen for The topics that the Holy Spirit has that he wants to converse with us about tonight If you have prayer requests if you have questions, please feel free to put them in the comment section on the website And our commentator moderator person Mr.. Uh, Minister Frederick Johnson will be happy to accommodate as much as possible Astounding love individuals you also know what to do and So I think I've given all the instructions that we have need of right now. Keep it clean people play nice with each other Let's pray and talk to Holy Spirit and then find out what He wants to say to us. Father, thank you for today. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for loving us. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for mercy, for your loving kindness. I thank you for laughter. I thank you for your presence being with us, never leaving us or forsaking us. Jesus, I thank you for your obedience, for your blood, for your love, for your passion for us. I thank you that... You really, really want us and that you have the heart's desire to please the Father and you have put that in us as well and you're growing us up in it. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your magnificence. I thank you for the way that you protect us and keep us and talk to us. I thank you for the words that you will speak through me tonight and the words that you will speak to me as well. I thank you for every person that is gathered together under the sound of your voice coming through me. I thank you for the lives being changed, for matters being settled, and for questions being answered. Oh, I do. I really do. And I thank you for the ability to stand, because you've granted us that. Thank you for all the assistance that you have rendered for us, and for opening up amazing major doors of opportunity. for every person that is choosing to hear your voice and to walk in the ways of the kingdom. We bless you, we thank you, we praise you, we love you. We look forward to hearing you tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Before I get into it, because you know, sometimes I feel like when I get started with this stuff, it's like somebody just rolled a marble into a midst and then a whole bunch of other ones and I just get going and I don't stop until the ride stops. So, before we, we're going to just do like, think of it as a roller coaster. We're going, creek, 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 as it starts to climb before we get to the twists and the turns. So, that's where we are in this part of the conversation. What I want to say to you is for those that are part of the Standing Level Global Church Fellowship, you know that even though we are currently housed at um, 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard in San Jose, California that there is an assignment that we had there that is complete. And so we're not holding Biblical Solutions for Life uh, services. And I'll say this. i have said it at the top and most likely we'll say it again uh, before we end tonight. But what we're learning is that when God calls an end to something, when, you, when you're finished with something, you don't try to keep it going. And so the messages and the things that we've done, where we preached and we taught and we've done all that we've done, that portion of how we function at that particular building is at an end. The ministry is far from closing down. That's not what's going on. But we are in a major transformation and transition. There is a shift and when it shifts your heart has to shift in the same direction as what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. It's, it's a move physical, it's a move emotionally, it's a move spiritually, physically. It, uh, it's a move of your heart. You're going to have to position your heart to be in line with what the Lord is saying and what it is that God wants to do. And so that's what we're learning. And so over this next period of time, this I think it's a very short season there. But what we're doing is we're praying and we're praising and we're praying and we're praising. We're not holding regular services at this time what we're doing instead the members are coming together and we're praying and we're praising so we're not broadcasting live on the sundays via facebook this is an in-house thing and those that are a part of the house know how to call in and do the things that are necessary so that's why we're continuing with the tuesday night uh really telling it like it is which is apostle baker which she did that program last night and it was amazing and then we're doing the wednesday nights which are Currently called Kingdom Conversation, this this particular program is always subject to a name change, and I think we're almost at the end of that. But we're going to continue on for the rest of the the, the time that the Lord says to do it before we go to the next name that we're going to have. Um, so this is a form of a Bible study. It is a form of conversation that we're doing. We're digging into the Word, and we're looking at practical uh application of the 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 word how to walk in the kingdom why it's called kingdom conversations is because that's the only conversation that we have that has merit it has to be interspersed with the words of god with the with the release from the holy spirit we're wanting to speak heaven into earth we want to manifest or let the truth of heaven be seen in the earth, and that's how we are also called to live. So this conversation can some be somewhat controversial because it will, in fact, be a wrecking ball towards somebody's established religious or Christian practices. And the reason that that is so is because Christianity is not kingdom; kingdom is kingdom. So you have to give take a leap almost. Christianity is lived in the earth. It's people that say let's raise a prayer toward heaven or send up a prayer and do this and that. It's pretty much religious practices and biblical practices that are lived on the earth. It's earthbound in many cases. Even though we refer to our God, we refer to him, but not necessarily do we also talk to him and live through him. Kingdom is different because kingdom is about being seated in the heavenlies in Christ. this is ephesians one three We're seated and we live from that seated position. we speak from that seated position. we say what the Father says, we em- we truly do emulate the one whose body we are, Jesus Christ. we im em- we do as he did. He said, "I don't do unless I- it's what I hear. My father, do I? I, You know, I speak from this place. I do from this place. I see from this place. And Frederick, I'm sure you'll put those, Minister Frederick. uh, I'm sure you'll put those scriptures up. But this is the way that you operate in the kingdom. So your conversation is going to look at practices, uh, standards, worldly, earthly, sensual, devilish, everyday standards. And we're going to look at them through the eyes of the Word of God. And sometimes we find that our behavior is below the par, below the standard. And I'm going to share again a word that I've shared a few times. Where the Lord, funny, my journal just opens right up to it now. Where the, I had a, a time, this is August 4th, 2020, that I had this encounter in prayer, praise, with the, with the Spirit of God. And I began to write down what it is that he said to me because what we want to do is live on the standard of life that God wants us on most of what we do is too low it's below par so here's what he told me when he said I have longed for the time that you would put aside all distractions and she called me my daughter he said I have longed for the time that you would put aside all distractions and truly put your energy to work in pursuit of fellowship with me. He said you speak the words I give you to speak but your follow through is in need of fine tuning and I've been in a fine tuning process ever since that time. He said it is not up to par with the calling that is upon your life. And that's what I mean about the Kingdom Standard. Things have shifted for me quite a bit since this particular word was written but I'm not going to tell you that I've completely arrived. I can say that it has been raised to a level where things are starting to happen differently than they used to, and I can tell you that my aim and goal is by the by the time uh december thirty first twenty twenty one comes to a finish that I will be at the level. I think it'll be sooner than that, but what I'm saying is that my goal, my objective is to ensure that I do meet the standards of my father and that he has been able to elevate me and expand me and do all those other things and put me where he wants me to be so he said uh, He talked about impressions and visions that he had given me and he talked to me about Scenarios that he wants me to walk through and he showed me things that he wanted um, that he required words that he has required from me and so in in keeping with all of that you understand that God sets the standard. He creates the plumb line. The line the standard of or measure that he wants us to rise to. And I heard a, one of the apostles that is associated with our apostle Doctor Baker, she taught on this. And one of the things that I, I never really understood what was meant by plumb line. I I'm not uh I wasn't. I heard it, and I'd hear people preach about it, but it, it didn't mean that it really connected to me. When she started talking about how it is that as these things come come into uh, fruition for your life, that one of the things that happens is that your conversation will start to change. You'll, your language will will change. You'll actually begin to speak in alignment with what it is that that the transition, the 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 shift that God is heading you toward, the standards that He has raised you to. I remember, and I'll explain a little bit more about that as we go. I remember it was probably about 15 or 20 years ago now that I would talk about uh, different things that I wanted to do. And I found myself praying and saying during this season, Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. That was one of the things. And I would say, your kingdom come, your will be done. It's what you read in the prayer Jesus gave us. But I just started saying it a lot. And I was speaking the language of the kingdom, even though I was not yet teaching about kingdom. But because I'm called to this, God was already, he had already decreed this is what will be. I surely wasn't living it. I was living a day-to-day kind of scrappy life, kind of tacky life sometimes. I was living a very good religious life, but I wasn't living honestly. And so what happened is that the Spirit of the Lord would start to, um, he would start to minister to me and he would give me, let me see, he would give me instructions on on things and uh, tell me just, I don't know, tell me what he wanted. So I would say, your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I started praying it. I would say it. I would uh, surrender to it. I would go through things and all of a sudden it would be nevertheless, your kingdom come, your will be done. I didn't know what it meant. I did not really have a concept of it. To me, those were words that were said Uh, Because Jesus taught his disciples to pray that way, but it wasn't something that was a standard for my life and yet my language was changing. I was coming into conformity, into alignment with the vision that God had established for me. Saying it, because it's the language of heaven, it's what he speaks. It's the mandate of the kingdom of God, that it shall be in earth as in heaven. And we see, I heard this from Apostle Baker, my apostle today, when we were talking about some different things, and it was like man tries to get things done, man tries to accomplish things, and we think we are really going to accomplish what it is that we want done. And sometimes it doesn't work. You may have prayed about it, you fasted about it, you prophesied it, you did all these things, and you put your hand to the plow to try to get this thing to happen, and yet it did not happen. And you sit there and you think, why should I have faith in God? Why should I believe Him? I tried this, I prayed, I talked to God, and I did these things, and He did not make it happen. And what it is that we're failing to understand is that some things, the the things that God tells you he will do, he will do. But he didn't tell you he would do it through you. He said he would do it. He didn't tell you he was going to do it through your state government. He didn't tell you that he was going to do it through your preacher. He didn't tell you that he was going to do it through your bank account. He simply told you he would do it. And our faith has a tendency, if we are not, if we're not, firm in our position, then our faith has a tendency to falter in a time when when we have set a time in which we expect God to act and he didn't jump through the hoop like you wanted him to. Now from a Christian perspective that means just give up and do the best you can. But from a kingdom perspective, that means I'm out of alignment. And I better go back and find out what it is that he actually said. And I will now begin to pray that through and press into that and say those things that he has said. And cease and desist from insisting that he does it the way I think he should. It's not my will. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Do you understand? It's a shift of my heart from my natural understanding, my natural expectation into back into the seated position, because all of that is earthly. All of that is me looking up, expecting heaven to act. Therefore, I was already out of alignment with my expectation. I have to shift. I have to think on those things the way he thinks on those things. I have to see those things the way he's showing those things, not the way I want him to show them. And when I start to do that, I can relax. And then my faith begins to to just blossom because I'm seeing it from God's perspective. And I know, I know that it's going to happen precisely the way he has it planned. I will see the actual occurrence. And I'll see it with the understanding that the hand of the Lord moves forth. That the hand of God is the hand that saves. It's not my hand. It's his hand. David... King David said it this way, God has broken through my enemies by my hand, like the breaking forth of waters. God did it, and he did it, yes. He used me to accomplish this. He used me in this moment to defeat the enemies, but I will never be so foolish as to think I did it. My power, my ability, this is Deuteronomy 8, got me this wealth. My power, my ability got those clients for me. My power, my ability... Uh, opened up this kingdom business and it's all going going in accordance with the way that I want it to go. That's foolishness. That's moving out of your seat and getting into some very murky waters because you're not walking up to par. You have just lowered yourself to a standard that God is not at. The plumb line is a rising up. It's a It's an increase of stature, it's an elevation until we reach the level that God has set. And it's at that level that the miraculous really begins. We think, because we see miracles or minor things, really they're God things, but they're at the level in which we live. They're designed to raise us up, not to keep us where we are. And we begin to be impressed with ourselves. And the fact that I laid hands on people and they fell under the power. I prayed something and somebody got healed. This happened, that happened. And you get impressed by low power stuff. You know? It's the stuff that's to get designed to get us to go press into him some more. Not become nonchalant and blowing your fingers and, you know, buff the, your nails on your chest and say, Hey, I got this thing. No, baby, you just started. He wants to do so much more. Another apostle I heard, the first one, um I may mention their names in a little bit, but uh, actually I will. The first one who was teaching on the plumb line is Apostle Cindy Allen. And then I heard Apostle A.J. Nudez, who was speaking today actually. He was talking about when you walk in, when God wants multiplication, but we're walking on a level in which um, we are satisfied with status quo. We're satisfied with the, with the things that have us comfortable. Um, We we know we know how to function in this. I'm a, a, a teacher of sorts. I'm a writer of sorts. I'm a this of sorts. And I'm comfortable with that. I personally now have an opportunity to expand into some areas where I'm not very gifted at all. In fact, I'm not gifted at all in these things to my knowledge. But I was failing. You know, you stop. You hinder yourself from moving forward because you... Stop from moving in faith when you reach your place of limitation. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to uh, Design this way. I don't know how to cook this way. I don't know how to drive like that I don't know how to speak this way and but I know how to build this or I know how to type this or I know how to paint this and you stop right within your known abilities. But the spirit of the living God is on the inside of you. That means you have capacity, according to Christ Jesus, you have capacity to do things you don't even know about. You know? Do you know what I'm talking about here? you got to tap in. We have to tap in to the unknown areas of our thinking. Let me see if I can find that particular note. Um, because it that ties in with what my apostle, apostle Baker teaches about identity. You've got to know who you are, and you will only know that from staying in your seat. Now, I'm giving you three apostolic voices that were all saying pieces of the same thing because it all stems from your seat in the heavenlies in Christ. You are not going to rise to the standard that God has. You won't measure up. To what he's calling you to do if as long as you're trying to do it what from your earthly understanding and you're striving to do things according to your intellect. That's called abject failure. Dismal, miserable, epic fail. Any of those kind of <laughs> phrases are pretty applicable to that. Why? Because our little muddy hands got involved in it. It's like somebody that's baking in a pristine. Uh, hygienic, you know, place baking, and their little toddler is there playing in mud, and the kid comes in with the mud on their hands and wants to help make pies. You've just contaminated the place, and everything's got to be shut down because it's got to be cleaned again before you can go back to work. I think that God has these things holy and pristine and, and precious, and he's working us up and we bring our little muddy paws in there and we're trying to to, to to help him to do. He's like, no, let me wash your hands and put your hand, put my hands in yours, and then I will direct you into the things that I want you to do. Because he does want us to get the joy of seeing what he did. He does want us to be in on the big surprises and the miracles. He wants us to have the fun of going, whoa, are you kidding me? And all the things that we do. But he wants us to do it the way he set it up for absolute perfection and for the blessing that will come upon the many. So here, in large capacity, these are my notes from from, Uh, and I, I could only capture so much because when you're listening to God speak through other people it's not really the time to take notes it's the time to listen and so I scraped I scratch out a few things so that I can recall because I want this and I want to go back to this and I want to be able to capture as much of this as I can and then begin to walk in it but he talked about the enlarged capacity of Christ within you, Christ within us, the hope of glory, Jesus, the one, Holy Spirit, the one that will make manifest. And we are as limited as He is, which means we're not limited at all. And the the scriptures that you can look at, remember Jesus said, He said, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. So you, it is possible for you to do things that you didn't know you could do, it is possible For you to stretch forth your hand when it was withered it is possible for you to rise up from a bed of sickness even though you don't feel like you can it is possible to go from zero to 180 and 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 be have been this and go through this you can be in your right mind in less time than it takes for me to snap my fingers because of the spirit on the inside of you that it may be your mind that needs healing and then from the healing that he's done in your mind comes the power flow to be able to do the same thing in the life of somebody else. So really, to operate from the kingdom, you've got to cease and desist from bringing limitation into a pristine place. It's muddy little hands bringing in dirt from the world into a place where God has already told you all things are possible with me. Nothing is impossible for me. These healings, these these turnarounds, these financial transactions, these uh, put together of relationships, healings of marriages, or um, um, stopping the the shutting the mouth of the lion. Whatever it is that you have need of, from the seated position, you will see the possibilities of God, and stop living from this mental place where if you don't see how it's possible it must not be so okay Uh, do I have any questions okay because I had a whole different topic that I was talking about but I'm going to do the let me finish with this part it's the understanding of, of the shifting which we talked about a little bit that all of this is being graced from the heart of the father we're graced to do certain things we have the grace that some of us have the capacity to listen to people. Some can hunker down in the dirt with others. Some know how to bring in a cleaning crew to get things done. I mean, all of our giftings are needed, but they're supposed to work in conjunction one with another. And here was the the, the, the impartation that I received because I received what the apostles said today. What all of these apostles have said over the last few weeks. I've been incorporating all of this. And let me share this with you. Because my apostle is Dr. Baker, who is the apostle over our house, I tend to filter things through what God has released through her and the reason that I do that is because the vision for the house that I follow that I'm in that I'm a part of it comes from my apostle when I pull in the quotes when I pull in the other things that the Holy Spirit is saying it's all uh, I some of it I, I use and I won't tell you about because that's like oh I'm going to study that that sounds so great but it doesn't necessarily align with what it is that the assignment the present assignment is for our house and I want when I'm sharing with you all I stay in that lane. I stay in the lane of what has already been apostolically released through our apostle, who is a father to us. And then I release that with the the other fathers of the faith that she is connected to. And father is not a gender word in this sense. And whatever it is that they've said, that it aligns. You can see where it lines up and it bolsters the message. And it helps us to be built up into the direction that the Father wants to take us. And that's why I don't, oh, this person taught this and this person taught that. This is great. And I, you know, I applaud it. Some of you may be watching me and you not be a part of our house. And you may take something that I say and say, hey, I've got to use that. I'm guaranteeing you, it's got to be because it's aligning with whatever house you're in. It's aligning with the vision that God has for you. That's why we do take and we 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 share one with another. And so this is the that's I, I just want you to understand that. That's why when I say I'm not necessarily name dropping. Um, it it has to do with that because some folks like to go scurrying off trying to look this one up and that one up it's like stay in your lane please stay in the place where you're supposed to finish the race that's why you stay in your lane it's not just don't butt your nose into what other people are doing that's not what I mean when I say stay in your lane I mean because this is the course that has been laid out for you to run and if you run this race successfully you will cross the finish line but if you get out of your lane and you try to run into somebody else's you will be disqualified, you won't finish. You will be a hypocrite, you will be a castaway. This is what Paul was talking about, one of the things that he said after having given to everybody else, all of these things pertaining to the gospel, I've spoken to you, I've told you what to do, but I can become disqualified by failing to finish my own race or jumping into somebody else's lane and trying to run their race for them. I'm not called to do it, I'm not qualified to do it. It's outside of my authority, my given authority. So I want you to get that phrase, stay in your lane, because if you do and you keep running, you're going to break the tape. You're going to finish the assignment and get a new baton and take on something else that is going to take you from one elevation of glory to another. And by that, I'm not talking about you get to rise, but I mean that the Christ in you increases. And the expansion of, of, of the glory of Jesus starts to happen. And you start moving into destiny, into the destination that you've been called to. And God gets the glory and you get the fun. You get the yahoos of of the whole thing. Not a yahoo, but all the yahoos, you know, you get to, to finish. So my challenge as I was listening to the apostle was what giftings am I immature in? That God, that the Spirit of God wants to develop and multiply in me. Why? Well, one of the things that they were talking about today is that you know that Ephesians 4 tells you that God has given gifts: the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the growing up of the body of Christ. But He also talks in other parts of, the, of, of Corinthians. Paul talks about how no, we're one body with many parts. And that we all need each other. That we we no no one is separate unto the. I can't say I don't need you to the foot or or any of that. And I'm paraphrasing, but you understand you can't tell any of your body parts you're an unnecessary thing. You try to do that and then try to operate without it, and you'll see how much you really miss little Toto or whoever it is. Okay, <laughs> so um, I need to find out what giftings am I immature in? And I was on a business call tonight and I found out some areas where I'm immature. That God wants to develop and multiply it by doing what? Presenting you with an opportunity to do something you don't a bit more know how to do, but He does, and He knows how to pair you and partner you with those that are supposed to come alongside of you. So the fivefold ministry is a gift to the body, meaning the body needs it, but the body is a gift to the fivefold. We need each other, and so it's not. I heard one other apostle. I think he said it is not the five. Tears ministry is the fivefold. So we need each other to be on those levels of transparency, love, obedience, submission, humility. Words that I've grown to love and to cultivate and to hunger after. Whereas once upon a time, it's like, nah, I'm not really, I don't, uh, you know, I don't really want too much of that holy stuff. It sounds like I got to change my hairstyle and wear ugly clothes, and that's not what it means at all. And you know I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that it's like well yeah you do really but you just don't know that you do because you've been unwilling that's another word we're going to come back to that and so it says when have I spent the time with him to discover let me read it again what giftings are you immature in that God wants to develop and and multiply in you through you why and he's going to do it through other people why what what undiscovered giftings do you have what talents, what, what thoughts have come to you? Maybe you should learn how to do this or that, but you're thinking, oh no, I don't really have time. It's not my gift. It's not my thing. You know, you don't know what your thing is until you know what your identity is. Can I just tell you that? I did anyway, but I'm just asking permission after I already said it because I'm following the way my apostle does it. But this is what she teaches. You know, you're going to have to love that person um, that you, that, let me tell you, this, your spirit. And you live in a body, but you sometimes let that body to dislike the person that you've become. That that mind, that will, and the emotions, that crazy stuff, that you have done, and so you not your spirit. You feel like oh, I'm not so liking me. Well, that's not your spirit disliking you. That's your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions disliking. You're going to have to allow yourself through your spirit to receive the love of God. I can hear the questions. We'll get to it. I promise. All right. You're going to have to allow the love of God that has been placed in you spread, be spread abroad for you as well. And you're going to have to start forgiving and allowing yourself to see that God made you with a specific intent. And the only reason you don't like where you've been, you're so ashamed of it, is because you've not received the forgiveness of God. And you haven't received the love of God. Because when you receive those things, you can also then release those things to yourself. And then you can start walking. You can start giving yourself permission to grow. So many of you out there, you are miserable people. I mean, you're just not happy. You complain about stuff. You fault find about stuff. You always got a negative thing to say about somebody. I tell you what, politicians make it easy for you to speak badly about them, but God didn't call you to do it. And yet you do it anyway. That's your misery. That is your misery because he didn't call you to do that. He's got a plan for them, and what he wants to do is use your mouth, your tongue, to speak what he wants said instead of saying what you feel like saying because you've been offended. See what I mean? It's offended, bitter, mean, just horrible because you're not happy with the way things are going in your life. It's like, oh, I feel disappointed in the Lord. I thought by now I would be in a certain place with God. And it's not happening. Are you hearing the role of the religion as it goes through? Because these are the things that I thought that he would do for me by now, but he hasn't. (laughs) It's like with the program, Junior. (laughs) It's not God. It's you. And he wants you to come hear him so that he can make the changes in you, so he can get the bitterness out of your heart, so you can live the life filled with, this is the word I've been wanting to get to, joy. <laughs> joy. Joy. Which we say, I got joy. You don't even know what it means. I mean, it's like I think about it. It's like, do you, do you know what it means to have joy? No. I, I know what it means to sometimes smile, laugh, and be happy or something. It's gladness from the inside. Joy is not a commodity that comes from the earth. It's a heaven-sent display, a force of power is what it is. To be happy, to issue it forth like a a stream of spirit, a stream of power, a stream of fire that comes from you that is supposed to hit the heart of somebody else and lift them out of doldrums and remove sicknesses and remove sadness and gloom and spirits of grief. It's a frightening force. If you are used to operating in happiness only, something that you manufacture because you play the right song or, I don't know, you laugh at the right thing or you do something that is stirred up by your flesh joy is not a flesh uh action it's a spirit force it's a byproduct a product of heaven it's a it's 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 so much more than what it is than what we've thought that it is and that's why i don't have any joy it's like when you do but it's probably stopped up and you haven't pry open that lid because you you, you you got so much bitterness sitting on top of it and you, you need to let it spring up. Spring up, oh well, within my soul, you know, and start getting whole. And that's a whole nother topic. And honestly, we could spend some time on that, but, and we shall, but not right now. Okay. So what I'm saying to you is I'm asking the question, are you willing to challenge yourself? And ask, let the Holy Spirit show you where you're immature. You're up immature. Let's use another word. Below par. He has some things in you that he has always intended to develop. Things that he wanted to raise up coming from you that were going to cause you to have need of somebody in the body that will come alongside of you and help you to develop in areas that you didn't and you know what is happening you're raising that person up into the ministry in which they are called because it's for the equipping of the saints for the, uh, the edifying the growth of the body of Christ and where are they supposed to practice their giftings first except upon us within the safety if you will of the ministry that they're being raised up in they're not supposed to be trumps down chewed up and spit out they're not supposed to be, we're not supposed to be slapping you happy or, or rather being happy to slap you and, and just call you a little this, that, or the other. That's not what this is about. We're supposed to be working alongside of each other. And, and, and I'm going to say not only we're supposed to, this is what we do. This is how our ministry is functioning. This is a whole change of face for us. It, it's, it's a ceasing of parading around all of your strengths. And it's allowing your weaknesses to be seen or your areas of vulnerability, the places where God wants to grow you up. He wants to develop you. He wants to develop his gifting in you. And then he wants to use it to multiply in the lives of others. See, that's expansion, elevation, and grace for execution. Words that are very significant to our house. And that's one of the ways in which it works. Have you spent the time with him to discover the parts of you you don't know about? that actually are a part of the true original intent of your life. A lot of things have gotten uh, off track over the years because of the ways that we are used to following our emotions, following our flesh, doing what we feel like doing. And most of that's not worth doing. So uh, those are some of the things. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.16, I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation, For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. Now how powerful is that? So, I will leave it open for questions and take a breath. Yes, I will. See, I told you, we get on that ride. Any questions, any comments, any anything? Bertie, are you there or do you have anything for me? Or Crystal, comments on that? Because I'm pulling on your gifts too. (laughs) Okay, I'll give that a moment. Come on loves, you're supposed to be learning and this is an interaction. It's not a monologue. feels like a monologue, but it's not supposed to be a monologue, okay? So talk to me. Kingdom conversation. Let's have a conversation tonight. Um, God says we're called. I'm called to prophesy hope and truth into the lives of many. He said but I had to learn to easily flow with Him in order to release this. And so that's again that pressing in. And I think it's also even when we're talking about right here, being willing to be vulnerable. I'm going to have to learn some things uh, because of the kingdom business that I have that all of a sudden has snapped open and it's time for business. We're open for business. And with that is um, a a recognition of the areas where it's like, okay, I'm going to have to partner with individuals and I'm going to have to um, do what? Go to prayer. And ask the Holy Spirit. And already I've started to do that. And he's like, I want you to talk to this person. You're going to do this or that. So you see, he will, once you do what he wants, remember he's the, the resource, the primary resource of all things kingdom. And so whatever it is that he wants done, he's the source. And then he resources us for
1: what it is. Question? Yes. Yes. Can you help us to see how being made perfect in love connects to the plumb line?
0: You're being raised up. That's a great question. I'll I'll try to answer
1: it. Holy Spirit. Okay.
0: (laughs) How being made perfect in love? Because that's unity. And that's the standard of the Spirit of God. He wants us to flow perfectly in love. Made perfect. Perfect. Let's look at that word from one of the Hebrew... Uh, definitions out of Psalm 138 The Lord perfects the things that concern me. The Lord completes them. He brings things to a completion. That means that it started low and he's going to raise it up to where he's always intended it to be. It's not just, oh, I got to raise y'all standard because this is just terrible. No, he's already established. That's what the plumb line is. It's been established. This is the level that I've called you to. And so through your experiences and through your interactions with the Spirit of God, through our yielding to Him, humility, obedience, words that are not a heavy drag, but are actually powerful words and forces from heaven that when we allow these things to be locked into us, they transform us into original intent. And we stop being the counterfeit life that we've had. And we become what we were always meant to be, what He sent us to be, because we're starting to be stripped of the false identity that's what transformation is so the edifying and being made perfect in love growing in love filled with love love starts to filter through and flow through everything and it raises us up to meet what the standard of love love growing, and made perfect in love raises you up to love do you understand what I mean it's like every place every low place God is filling us with himself And the infilling of him lifts us, raises us up so that everything is him. It all starts to fit. Everything, every joint supplies, everything connects because it's all going to be in him. It's all about him. It's all connected to him. It's all flowing from him, sourced from him and uh, provided for it through him. So he's always constantly working in us. Uh, What is the scripture in Philippians? And it is God who is all the while at work in us, effectually um, working in us, I should say, both to will and to do for his good pleasure, satisfaction, and delight. So it's yieldedness that receives love. Let me put it like this. How flooded with the love of God are you? You'll know, you can do a quick check, by how many places you disapprove of yourself. How many places do you look at yourself in the mirror? How many places do you sit there with that thick meat head and think on yourself in such a negative, evil way? How many places do you dislike on your body? How many things about the way you act toward people? How many things about you do you despise? And whatever your answer is, that's the areas, the known areas, where you do not have the love of God. He wants to fill those things with Him. You, and how do I do that? I want to start receiving it. You know, you. Oh, I, I can't tell you the number of times I've heard women. Oh, I hate my hair. I hate my lips, I hate my eyes, I hate my this, I hate my that, I hate my da-da-da-da-da, and I hate this, and I hate that, you know, this just needs improvement, these are ugly, this is this. You know, it's fine that you want to enhance your appearance, what's not fine is that you curse the body that you're living in. And all this hatred that you're feeling towards yourself, it's it's toxic, it's toxic, I hate my height. Why? You know, because this is that. I have stumpy little this, and I have ugly little this. It's like, wow. And the more you say it, the uglier it grows in your sight. And so you're operating not only from an imperfect vessel, but you're hurling words of hatred and evil at that vessel, which starts to cripple you. Whether it cripples you emotionally, it cripples you physically, it cripples you mentally, it's going to do something that starts short-circuiting you. Um, You're not going to function on all um all blasters if you will or all burners or whatever you want to, whatever expression you want to use cylinders i guess for car people you're not going to function like you're supposed to because you keep throwing spokes you keep throwing um sparks you keep throwing hurling ugly dirt dirt let's just say dirt you're throwing it in to uh, uh, the places where you're supposed to function because you don't have the love of god in those areas you don't love you and this is something apostle baker teaches she actually shared some of this if you have not watched her program last night then i recommend that you do go to the more than enough ministries page on facebook and look at uh really telling it like it is from last night because she actually talks about this she she shares something that the lord told her when he was teaching her how to love herself I'm not talking about a prideful thing. I'm talking about releasing the love of God, the love that God has for you, to you. That's how you love yourself. You don't love yourself like, oh, I love my hands, I love my wrists, I love my fingers. Ooh, I love my little toes. That's not what I'm talking about, sweetie. I'm talking about, let God love you. And the ugly will start to go away and the appreciation for this body that you live in and the light it you know that appreciation will bring healing to your physical body to your mind to your eyesight your vision is distorted if you're looking at yourself and seeing only evil then evil is talking to you god is not and you want to move from the earthly, sensual, devilish planting of the earth, being earthbound in your assessment of yourself, and get in that seat. That you, well, actually, you're already in the seat. You better recognize that you are seated in the heavenlies. You better start uh, changing that uh, frequency, listening to what God has to say. Well, how am I supposed to hear Him? Read this word, babes. Read this word, sugar plum. Cause you gotta hear what He's saying it's in here. I promise you, you are in this book. I have had the joy and tell me if that's answering your question. I've had the joy of the Father introducing me to me. And I think I shared maybe a little bit of this with you all a couple of uh, days back. Didn't I? I sh- I think I did, right? I shared some of the um the things that he has said to me. If not, I'll, I'll see if I can find one. But it was just the things like the scripture where he tells you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And this is something that God has said to you. But do you believe it? Okay. Have you ever taken that to 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 be something that he is actually impressing upon you? I want you to understand how amazing you are to me. Because it's something that you need to know. I, I'll see if I can find what I'm looking for while I'm talking. Is that answering the question, though? I, I want to know that. And if you need more specifics, then you know, tell us that too. And Christo if you've got
1: something that you want to um, interject, please do. Okay. Um, there's another question. I think the person is getting it. I don't see any feedback, but there is another question. Yes. How do you, how do you find the areas that are hidden? And not necessarily known about the areas where the love of God is not blowing. Through the Holy
0: Spirit. You're going to have to do something. You know, one of the, here, let me show you. I'll give you a very easy way to do it. Um, Let's look, let me see. And I found what I was looking for. Let's look in the Bible. Let's go to Philippians chapter one, verse six, okay? I I just actually kind of alluded to part of that. And I'm going to look at it I'm going to read it from the um King James, and then I wanna I wanna go over to the Amplified version of it. So Philippians 1 6, which I love this scripture, he says, being confident of this very thing that he who, who which hath performed a good work in you will perform until the day of Jesus Christ. Now Philippians 1 6 amplified says, and I'm convinced and sure of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. Now let's look at that same passage of scripture and this time let's look at it from... Um, let's look at it... Did I just do it with that thing? Oh, here we go. Okay, let's look at that same passage of scripture and let's look at it from, I think, the Passion. I want to see what I, if I like this as much. Okay. Alrighty. so in passion it says I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you and will put his finishing touches to it until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ there's so much in that and it's so rich now you read that in an ordinary day you just go wow that's wow that's amazing I don't see how you're going to get something like that done in me though you know mm-hmm ever been there you read this amazing passage of scripture because you know the king james well i'm convinced being confident in this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform until the day of jesus christ it's like oh okay i don't really understand what that means, so i'll just go to the next verse but if then you read it in the amplified uh i'm i'm convinced and sure of this very thing well why it's easy for you to say writer that you're sure and convinced of this thing But that he who began a good work in me, but I'm not even sure he began a good work. So that right there is your decision point for you to encounter the spirit of God through this word, because that's when you can stop and say, have you begun a good work in me? Because if you began a good work in me, I sure don't see it. What does that good work look like? And that's where you start. To find the hidden and the subconscious and the things that are happening. It's by way of the one that already lives in your body and knows everything that's going on with the things that are going on in your mind. He knows that you're thinking this way. And you know what? He's been waiting for you to ask so that he could tell you. In my case, it was, you're not up to par. You are below the standard, below the plumb line for which I have created you and so we're going to have to do some work you're going to have to allow me to love you baby girl you're going to have to allow me you're going to have to allow my love to to be something that becomes a standard for you something that you're secure in this is what i mean people we spend so much time trying to get from god what god has already given us i just want him to love me but he does love you yes but i i want him to really love me but he already does Yes, but I want them to really love me. Okay, so stop the world. Stop the world. And I seriously mean that I'm not quoting from a play, which I am, but I'm not. Okay. <laughs> um, stop the world, I want to get off was about part of that uh, uh, that little line there. Stop the world. Okay, let's stop this for a minute. Stop that rhetoric. Knock it off because you don't even know what you're talking about. You are babbling something that you heard somebody else say because they told you that you were going to have to earn something that you don't have to earn John 3.16 tells you that it's been given. God's love is so amazingly for you that he had to send Jesus. Jesus said, I'm going because they need to know this. And so I think it's kind of a spitting in his face to say, I don't know that you really love me. No, you don't believe it because of some circumstance in your life that was your conviction that God does not love you or something you did. That uh, tells you I, I, I have to earn it. I've shared this with you before. And um, we're, we're going to wind out to a close shortly here. I've shared it before. And I'll be sharing it for the rest of my days here. For whosoever needs to hear the testimony when it rises up. I have heard it all my life. God loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know. You know, and I sing it like I'm five. Because it just seems to deserve it sometimes. For the Bible tells me so little ones to him belong they are weak but he is strong you know it's fun to sing it that way for me why because i want to take it with the heart of a child but something bad happened to me and because something naughty evil dark happened to me and i thought god let it happen i thought god um you know people's other people's words formed a picture in me at a time when I was broken down, and I began to conform to the image of the words from a low place. You know um, she's this. She's said, I've talked about it before being overweight and being she's fat. I wasn't fat, but because people said I was, I had to obey and I became what they said. I listened to a low level. I didn't listen to God's level, you understand. And because certain other things had happened to me, and, and somehow you get the idea from the dem- demonic realm that it's your fault that evil things happen to you. Well, then there is no justification for God to love me. And because I thought God made me fat, he couldn't possibly love me. Because how come you can make me fat and all my cousins are skinny? And I'm the one that's being poked at, and I'm the one that's going through a miserable life, blah, 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 blah right? Okay, <laughs> so when I saw the pictures of myself and I saw a few things and I shared it with somebody else and I finally looked at that little girl and if you just put your hand over the face and just look at the rest of the body it's like well she's chunky but she's not fat she's bigger than everybody else I was also taller than everybody else and all that you know so it's like she's chunky but she wasn't fat she was just developing it was like obviously this is going to be quite a shapely young woman here you know but I didn't know that and but looking at the picture from an adult's point of view I suddenly realized wait a minute that's not a fat kid. God did not do this. All these years, I've accused him in the back of my mind. Yeah, I know you love him, but if you really love me, you never would have made me fat. If you really love me, you wouldn't have done this. You know, If you really love me, you wouldn't have put me in this family. If you really love me, you wouldn't have, you know, you wouldn't have let this happen to me. If you really love me, see, so you've got these things. That you're thinking about and now that you're in Christ, you're thinking, but I really want him to love me. I really want him to love me. I really want him to love me. But because of the things that I did, the bad stuff and the things that happened, I know he doesn't really love me, but I sure hope that one day he will. It's never him. It's a distortion. And so what I want you to understand is maybe that's what you have to say when you're looking at Philippians 1.6 and you're thinking, yeah, right, there's a good work done in me. This damaged thing here, oh no, this is a broken down piece of machinery right here. Ain't no way he loves this. You know, this is a pokey uh, bucket of bones or bucket of whatever it is that you're thinking of yourself. But I'm going to tell you that you're wrong because he does love you. And tonight you are hearing it fresh and new again because it's the truth. And it's time for you to put down that little religious, ugly little beggar's cup of trying to get God to give you what he's already given. And maybe it's time for you to receive sonship. Receive the truth that you are one of his, he loves him, him loves him some you type of people. Ask the Holy Spirit. Do the test. I've said this many times. Do you really love me? Yes. Because I just don't imagine. God, do you love me? No. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I've never even liked your family. I tell you what, the way y'all part your hair has been an irritant to me all my existence. That's not going to come out from the Holy Spirit. That's just not going to happen. Because He can't. he's not capable of saying things like that. Yeah, well, I know you love this one better. No, don't love is is it's it's me and i'm being me giving me to all who will allow and i even give it i the love is available to people that can't stand them or think they think that they don't so that's how you begin you're reading the scripture and you start talking to it and you say well okay I, what I got out of that when I created this thing was as I focus on finishing what I start, God ensures that all of my affairs come to a successful conclusion because that's the message. You're bringing these things, you started this work, you're going to finish it. If you grew up on the playgrounds, you started it, well, I'm going to finish it. They started this fight, but I'm going to finish it. That was the way I said it. I talked a lot and then I ran away. But, uh, you know. Um, He began the good work and he's going to bring it to completion because that's what he does. But you begin the dialogue with him by something that you read in the word that uh, jumps up off the page at you and you're thinking, is this true? And that's when you engage in that conversation with the Spirit of God, the author and finisher of your faith and the writer of this book. And you say, I want to talk to you about
1: this. I did this today. I want to share something with you. Uh, Do
0: I have a question before uh,
1: uh, there's no question, but um, there is a comment um, because y- the other thing is, it's not just um, what you hear. It's also the fe- your, the feeling. Some people think they don't feel like God loves them. So what? And Well, I'm just... No, I'm, I'm
0: responding <laughs> one by one. Okay. So what? You don't feel it. What's that got to do with truth? Anybody ever been uh, on a diet... And you were starving and you just felt like you must have lost 10 pounds and you got on the scale and it showed you gained two. <laughs> I felt like something should have happened, but when I it didn't happen the way I thought it would. God is not feeling, God is spirit. You are spirit, it's a transfusion. It is spirit to spirit, and when you don't feel, don't care. Go back to knowing not feeling because if you feel like he loves you then you'll follow the feeling you can't follow the feeling you've got to follow the spirit now go ahead i know i interrupted but do you see what i'm saying i got Mm -hmm. to because you can't you can't even let that register it's the wrong level it's the earth level in your seat why would he have a seat for you in heaven if he couldn't stand you It's not how you feel about it. It's what he said about it. That has to become a standard. That's kingdom. Not how I feel about it, but what the king said about it. Because the truth is not rooted in how you feel. It's rooted in who he is and what he said. You've got to get that. See, I I really want you to just wreck it. I don't feel Stop it. That's too low. You're under par. You're going to have to come up to the plumb line level where you know he loves you. Because that's when you're able and capable to receive forgiveness. And you're not groveling around, Oh dear God, please forgive me for the sins I committed 20 years ago before I ever came in Christ. Are you freaking kidding yourself? Yes. You're being hoodwinked. Punk. Basically, by a demonic spirit that is enjoying your misery, but it doesn't line up with what God said, and I'm enunciating that quite carefully. Anything else there?
1: Anything? You uh, check. So what about when God says um, that that Jacob he loved, but Esau he hated?
0: His ways, not his person, His ways. Why? Can I ask you a question? Why are you looking for reasons to disqualify yourself from truth? And I'll answer the question, because you're living at the wrong level. Why are you trying to insert yourself into a family situation where God was talking about a spiritual thing that has nothing whatsoever to do with what Jesus said? See, what Jesus said, it doesn't nullify that, because what God was talking about is, the sneaking, the lying, the, the independence, the way I hate those ways because they don't reflect me. He didn't say, I hate that man and I want to condemn him to utter destruction, else he wouldn't have called for peace between the brothers. Why are you looking for reasons to disqualify yourself? That's what you need to be asking. Instead of trying to find reasons to justify something that God did not say, see, you're allowing a satanic a demonic spirit to convince you of something that is not true. It's trying to tell you you won't qualify. In other words, Satan is telling you God is the liar. You're going to have to make a decision. Why don't you just receive it? Why don't you just receive it? And the answer is because you don't want to. But when you want to, it's available for you. Oh yes, I really do want to. Then do it. Just do it. Just throw off that little ugly bucket coat. Oh, You just make it sound so simple. You make it sound complicated. Yeah, but it's not that easy. Well, you're not speaking for God. I am. And I'm tell- here to tell you, it's that easy. It's called surrender. It's called, okay, I choose to believe. You know, there's a man that, that, that he said it. He's like, Jesus asked the man whose son was throwing himself in the fire. Do you believe I'm able to do something for him? Oh, I do believe. He'll Help my mom believe. See, my heart is, my heart is toward, I want to believe this. And I believe that your heart is toward that. So then choose it. I challenge you to do something for the next 10 days. I challenge you every time those thoughts come about why you can't, that you need to start to, but he loves me. You know, I want you to find, just read John three sixteen, and just keep going. You know, but he loves me. You know, I'm part of this. He, he loves me. And, and and that was actually Old Testament history right there. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John asks us when your history starts. Okay? Why don't you read 1 John? Why don't you read? And Frederick, go ahead and give them uh, the scriptures too. Why don't you read uh, uh, in Romans where it says that the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy, by the Spirit of God. Why don't you read the parts where it says that perfect love cast out all fear? Uh, that Because fear has torment. You're being tormented. And 1 John 4, I believe it's 18, 16, 17, 18, somewhere around there. It says that... that um, that perfect love, that, that, that all this fear, all of these different things, he's saying, but you have the perfect love of God. Fear has this torment. You're walking in torment. You're walking in fear that if you receive from God, you're going to be booted out. I don't love you. How'd you get here? <laughs> Ain't nobody asked you to come. That's what you're looking at. And I'm here to tell you that <laughs> you got to stop that. It's not going to happen that way. You know, I don't love you. Mm-mm, no, no, honey, I am not talking to you. no no and say again say it with me no. no that's not him did he put it up already
1: um, yes thank you Yep.
0: okay but I'm going to go over there anyway and read it um, so I want 1st John chapter 4 as we're ending and I really appreciate this dialogue now what you got come on come on back to me talk back let me know where you are with this see here this is where you go to John three sixteen yes and then go over to first John chapter 4 because um I, I want to ask you something you tell people you love them do they believe you and if they tell you no you don't I know you don't you're skanky and you're ranky and you don't love me how do you feel how dare you I just told you that I loved you Are you gonna try to throw up in my face like that well look at what you're doing pooh. You wouldn't appreciate it. I just love them. I love them so much. I just want to crush them like flowers. <laughs> well, maybe not. Okay you, know, okay. you get what I'm saying. But he says, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. You're incapable of loving anybody if you don't receive the love of God. And you're capable of giving them a little arrows. Maybe a little brotherly stuff. You may be capable of doing all that. But this perfect love of God, if you don't receive it, you cannot release it. And you sound like somebody that just wants that so much. I just want it. But don't be like the kid that wanted the puppy and, and, and crushed it. You know, just kept pulling, it up, choking it and choking it and choking it until finally it went, <coughs> and it was done. Don't do that. You want to let the perfect love of God cleanse you and release you from the toxins of all of these lies. This is evidently the topic. I thought it was going to be joy, but we went to love. Receive. Say, I receive it. it." I I had to do that, by the way. I actually had to do that my own self. Um, Many years ago now, um, I was in a marriage that um, I I didn't think I was actually loved. It's like, hmm, maybe I didn't do the right thing here. And um, I was wanted, I was desired, but I wasn't necessarily loved. And I also did not know how to give love because I had never received love. Okay, so it was just that way. But one of the things God had me do for probably about a month, I was reading in um, Ephesians and I had to keep saying over and over, I'm accepted in the Beloved. I'm accepted in the love of God. I'm accepted in the Beloved. I'm accepted. I had to say it every day, more than one time a day. It wasn't like like a vitamin. It was every day. Every time a thought came, I'm accepted in it because I didn't feel that God wanted me in the body and so if that's what you're going through I can only tell you what I myself have done and this is what I've done I've, I've had to do I'm accepted and as I told you now that was just level one now I still had the other issue about he doesn't love me because otherwise I wouldn't have looked so bad as a child that thing was still in my head but in that marriage it was the thing that started bringing me out of an insane place I am accepted in the beloved. I'm accepted in the beloved. And I didn't just quote it, I read it. You cannot get the remedy by quoting scripture. You are going to have to read it. And the reason that you want to do that is to this is your immersion. This is a spirit to spirit thing. And every time you read it, spirit is entering again. You're getting another another transfusion. He said no man has seen God at any time. First John four twelve. And I'm going to go to the other and then I'm going to end. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. And it said, hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. So you are, see what I'm saying? That's how you know. If you're born from above and you're you're seated in him. He's given you of his spirit and we have seen and do testify that the father sent the son, the savior of the world and whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God, God dwells in him and he dwells in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. That verse right there, 1 John 4:16. I know and I believe the love that God has for me. You're going to have to read this. You're going to have to partake of this. You're going to have to embrace this. you got some work to do, but you're not doing it by yourself. Every time you read this, it's the Holy Spirit himself that will testify of this truth. He is the spirit of truth. He cannot tell you that God loves you if God does not. It would not be written if God did not. And that's the truth. That's the standard. That's the plumb line. You're going to have to come up It's got to come from that place in Him. You're not going to get this in your mind. Your mind is going to have to be changed by the Spirit of the Word of God, by the truth of the Word of God. You're not going to be able to do it by just, humming it and, and doing it as a mantra. It won't work that way. This is a spirit thing and if you want this, I'm telling you yeah, I'm not telling you you can't earn what you got and according to the word of God, you already have it. But you have yet to receive it. But you're going to stop calling God a liar and the devil the truth teller. Stop. Baby. Stop. You're hurting yourself. And you're miserable. And God, tonight, has changed the whole conversation around just for you. That's what love does. Okay. Anything else? Okay, I was going to go to one more scripture. What was that? (laughs) I may not need to, but... (laughs) but I really I really wanted you to have that one you know that perfect <laughs> <laughs> crack myself up sometimes I tell you sometimes it goes so fast I'm like ooh that was a great thought where'd it go send <laughs> it <Sitting> up back <laughs> <laughs> anything else
1: um...
0: thank you I'm challenging you to do it and then come back and give us the testimony. When you come out bursting into show tunes, well, I would, but maybe you wouldn't.
1: But I like show tunes, so that's what I do. Okay, okay. there's also a person that joined um, from Pakistan. Uh-huh. Asked them to please pray for his for financial blessing. They want to build a house, and they have no money. So, okay, you have no money, but do you have Jesus?
0: I'm sure you do. I, I don't pray those kind of prayers. What I pray instead is that I'm releasing to you, my brother, my sister, that you get the revelation that God has a house for you. That you get the revelation that you can receive from God. And that God will open up your eyes to see the provision that He has for you. That what He has put in your heart, He has also put a direction for you and that you will see it and you won't miss out. That we come into agreement with you that you will hear his voice clearly that you will cease and desist from thinking that you have to do it on your own and that all of the assistance and all of the miraculous things that you have need of that the Father has already set aside for you that he will turn you in a direction away from the way you're looking to look at the in the other place where provision has been made and that you will receive from him and then you will see from him exactly what he has for you in the name of Jesus. And that prayer goes for everyone else as well. Wherever you're looking in the wrong direction, I pray that our eyes or our understanding are flooded with the light of the gospel and the truth of God so that we will see that in him we lack nothing. We lack nothing. Since he said that he is our provision and he said that he is our provider, that we will receive him as such and that allows him to show himself as strong on our behalf in the name of Jesus.
1: Amen. Okay. And
0: one last comment.
1: Last comment. Um, I just want to... Talk thank, up, Chris. I just want to thank God for his undying and unwavering love. Awesome. I can agree with
0: that. Yeah, and how could it die his life? <laughs> how about that? Great affection for you, too. Okay? I was going to share something else. but Oh, yeah. Okay. I do remember. So I'll give you the scripture. <laughs> Uh, I like that I was just sitting quietly like would you won't you tell me (laughs) what it was and Frederick may have already put it up um but here it is Ephesians 1 6 is what I wanted to give us uh and I hit the wrong thing here this is the scripture when I told you that every single day I think it was for I don't even know how long it was before I died that I would read that I have um uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read Ephesians 1 up to that verse. It said that Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, blessed the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Now look at this. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ, okay, according as he has chosen us in him. Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us, so this is even before see this is that original intent uh, unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, so it pleases him to do this to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. there it is that verse right there, to the praise according to the good pleasure of his will, I he has made me accepted in the beloved. According to the good pleasure of his will. This is verse 5 to verse 6. He has made me accepted in the Beloved. And I would say that. And I would say that. And I would say that over and over. He has made me accepted. And it didn't just say it. I read it. He has made me accepted in the Beloved. Okay. I am accepted in the Beloved. I have been accepted in the Beloved. I am accepted in the Beloved the beloved. And this is the word that I, I've got. And then the Ephesians, I said one three, which I just read, but also two six, he has raised us up. He is we have been raised up together and made to sit together in the heavenly in Christ. That's your seated position. Ephesians two six. Ephesians one three, what I was reading there is that he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly. So it's two places where it's talking about the heavenly in Christ. One where you are blessed with all of the spiritual blessings in the heavenly. So all of the resources of heaven. This is why I'm saying you got your house, um, you got your this, you got your that, but your relationship. You got it. We have to come at this from relationship, not just from you can get it from the hand of God, but you got to know that the hand that's connected to the rest of God is all for you come from relationship. And then it flows from the hand into you, but it's from that seat. It's from that recognition again here that I have been seated. I am in him. He has raised me up to raise me, uh, raise uh, us, up together and made to sit together that's the unity of the body that's the the unity of the love of God all of us together as one in him and that's how that unfolds for us and that's actually all I got to say for Mm -hmm. tonight so um astounding love we're receiving the the offerings and and whatever the seeds that you want to put i believe sunday is first uh fruit sunday so uh uh, those of you that are going to come to the house and be a part of the prayer we'll see you there and the rest of you 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 do what you do but we'll be sure to keep you in and again tuesdays and wednesdays we are live on facebook and other platforms i think later that we also broadcast from, so that this teaching is something you can keep going back to, you can keep um, doing whatever it is that you need to do um, to join in with us. Let me see what else. Yeah, that's it, I think, for tonight. I've answered all the questions. Mm -hmm. Okay, is that person going to take on my challenge and stop feeling so sorry for yourself? Yes. Good please because you've I mean you do feel sorry for yourself when you're listening to a liar because they, they're not really uh, programmed to give you anything to make you feel good about yourself okay so um, that's it Father I thank you for the seeds that are sown I thank you for the spirit words that have been released into all of us I don't just re- dish these out but I'm a partaker I thank you that you help us to hear you I pray for these men and women that put themselves out there and are transparent enough and willing to receive from you I pray that there is no word of condemnation that no one allows anything to be an offense to their uh, to their spirit that they will receive the engrafted word of God that is able to save themselves, and then starts to move in these minds these wills these emotions these very precious men and women these are your children the people that you love and I release that love and your heart for each of us Father, I thank you so much. I thank you for the fact that we do have John three sixteen that you so loved the world that you gave us your only begotten son but your only begotten son became the first begotten, so we are all children begotten of you through our Yeshua through Jesus, Lord, I thank you i I release I just released the love of God into you, and I release hope and an expectation of an infilling of the joy of the Lord. I release these words that what comes forth as a part of what I have has been revealed to me is imparted to you for you to receive a revelation from God. I pray that everyone that has been hindered by not thinking, not receiving your love, that this week those plans of the adversary, the assignments against them, are destroyed. that there is an ability to receive what they couldn't receive before. Some of them are going to wake up in the middle of the night just giggling and laughing, just tickled to life to realize finally, God really does love me. That every single person under the sound of my voice, whether it's live or they're watching it on a rebroadcast, will get a refreshing, a gushing, a release of the love of God coming into your spirit, and and then teaching yourself, teaching teaching within your soul. Don't follow your emotions. Follow the truth the spirit of truth will make himself known to you and I release that perfect love into you in the name of Jesus I want to say thank you we'll see you next Tuesday on, on the more than enough ministries uh, site uh, on Facebook go there and, and get notified so that when Apostle Baker does her really telling it like it is and you will be able to receive it. And also on that site, you'll see links for uh, her other program, which is called Telling It Like It Is, The Kingdom Way, which is amazing. It's something that she just launched on the Holy Spirit Broadcast Network, which is HSBN. And then I invite you to come and join us on Wednesdays on the Astounding Love site for Kingdom Conversations. So I believe we've answered all questions. We release the abounding, receiving, for every seed that you sow, that it's returned to you on every wave. We love you so much. I am Pastor Lundine Lee of Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship, on behalf of Apostle Baker, all of the ministers and staff, and our administrator, who I wanna say thank you, by the way, to uh, Crystal Kemp. And I wanna to dedicate tonight's program to the memory of Christina Defflin and Sharon Robbins, and uh, Connie Jimenez, especially those three because they just recently left and all the others that we have loved that have uh, moved to heaven That the legacy that you all have left us hits my heart and I always minister with a remembrance of the impact that each of you has made I want to thank you all for joining us tonight I love you with God's astounding love and I pray that you will continue to talk to the Holy Spirit and continue This Kingdom Conversation. We'll see you next time. Thank you.